When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to the Kentucky Dad Podcast. Big Blue Drew here. Exciting night. I'm really excited to get this one kicked off. Um, but before we do that, if you have not listened to the previous episodes of the Kentucky Dad Podcast, might want to check those out. We had future dad TJ Walker on, and we also had uh, Bradley McKee, a good friend of the show, was on last week. Great stuff there. You can check it out. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, however you listen to it. Um, subscribe and all that. It would be great. But tonight, a, a very, very special guest, because when, as soon as I started the dad podcast, it's been over a year now, which is kind of crazy to me. Ryan Lemon from Kentucky Sports Radio has just been the all-time most suggested person because he's, a, you know, he's very open with his personal life. So, Ryan, I appreciate you taking some time in and coming on the dad podcast. Man, actually, Drew, I, I was excited about it when you called and reached out to me and said what this podcast was about. I'm like, yeah, man, that's something cool, something different to do. So I'm anxious to see what we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, we're going to do it, man. And I feel blessed for that exact reason, because I think, you know, every you talk sports a lot, you know, you're talking that stuff a lot. It kind of gets to be like talking, you know, talking shop or talking work. So it's nice to kind of let loose on one of these and um, dig into some other stuff. So we have somewhat of a format. I'm sure with the two of us, it'll get a little off the hinges, which is always fine. Um, but we're going to start with an easy question, man. Easy one. So I know like like most of the time when we um, when we do one of these. So tonight's uh, Wednesday night, about 830 at night, which is kind of our sweet spot for recording time. So I know you were heading home at the time. Easy one, softball to start up. Uh, what was your dinner plan? I'm assuming it was a solo plan tonight. How'd you eat? Well, you know, you, you may be surprised, but this is like the one night a week that my wife actually cooked dinner tonight. She, <laughs> we waited when uh, Josiah, our son, came home from football practice, and she actually made dinner tonight. We try as a family to sit down at dinner every Sunday. That's our one day. We, we've done that since I've been a dad. But now during the week with football practice every night and games and practices, it's kind of tough. So tonight you caught me on the night. We actually had a home-cooked meal, and it was awesome. So I feel like you're trying to give Amanda a big compliment here, and I know that you are, but I just feel like kind of the way you're, you're phrasing it up was like, for once she cooked a meal, and it was great. But I know exactly what you mean. You mean just the, the everyday logistics of sitting down as a family finally came together tonight in the Lemon household, it sounds like that's that's it yeah just trying to find something where we can all sit down and just talk about our day and stuff because actually drew you may be surprised i cooked dinner the last two nights because she hadn't been feeling well she's kind of been she's got these post-concussion things going on she's got migraines and things oh geez. so so i uh yeah i grilled burgers on labor day on monday and then had fixed some some frozen dinners last night just <laughs> best thing a dad can do man is a frozen dinner so yeah there we go if there's one like hardest thing, and I know you have older kids, so I'm sure you're going through it and have went through it, but it's simply that just like not only the ideas for dinner, 
which is usually the main source, you know, that 4.30, what do you want to eat? And then it's kind of like passive aggressiveness passed throughout the family, you know, what to make. So it's a big challenge, man. It's kind of like a laughable one, but like in the moment, because uh, our big challenges, man, we get hangry. We're like hangry at each other when we don't have a good dinner plan, which is more times than not for sure. Yeah, my wife gets hangry as well. And my middle son, when he still lived here at the house, he got hangry. So there were times where it got, it got anxious closer to mealtime. But I've, I've got my go-tos, Drew. I, I can grill burgers. Uh, you know, I can grill steaks. I can grill hot dogs. I, I can do anything on the grill. But I make a mean sloppy joe. And I was going to oh, okay. do that tonight. I was going to make a sloppy joe tonight. But she, uh, she said she wanted to make this pasta dish of something. But I also, uh, you know, when it comes for uh, breakfast time, I make a mean pancake. That's kind of my specialty. So then, then she handles the rest of it. Yeah, sounds like you got a lot of them. I've been fully open, and I won't go into the details again on the dad podcast. But my wife does the grilling in our family. I'm perfectly content with it. I don't, I don't have the patience. And she's an awesome cook. And I wanted to give my wife a shout out too. And we're gonna get moving along with some other stuff here. Job change for my wife. No one deserves it more than her. For the first time in her working career, she kind of doesn't have the people management responsibility. So. She's taking full advantage of that. Mom and on 1000. We got dinners at the house. The kids are getting taken off the bus. So good for her. Good for us. She deserves it. So, but man, let's move along. So we'll ask a, another easy one. And then we'll kind of get into a little bit of the family stuff. TV dad. So we all kind of like to kick off a lot with um, a TV or movie dad that either is your favorite or maybe that you see yourself in. So I had you prepare one of those. Who you got? Well, uh, yeah. When you sent me that question, I mean, th- this was easy. I mean, I didn't have to think about it because people have said this is who I am. I don't know if you ever watched Modern Family. Oh, but yeah. Phil Dumphy. Phil Dumphy is real a realtor. Man. Yeah. He's, he's kind of out there. He makes a lot of mistakes. He screws up a lot, but yet he loves his wife and he loves his kids. And I, I think, Drew, without a doubt, that my alter TV ego is Phil Dumphy from Modern Family. I'm glad you brought him back up because he was a big hit when we first started this. I know, I'm pretty sure he was the first one I said because – yeah, if you haven't watched Modern Family, jump into that, stick with it. Um, Phil is, he's definitely an elite, like, tier one, one seed, one side of the bracket um, TV dad. Now, there, there's, well, I thought about this also, there's one scene, a movie scene about being a dad that I've seen it a dozen times, and I cry, I tear up, I get a lump in my throat every single time, and it's at the end of Field of Dreams when Kevin Costner's talking to his dad out there by the cornfield, and, you know, they finally realize, dad kind of realized, oh, wait a minute, I, this is my kid. And, and as he gets ready to walk off, Kevin Kaufner says, you know, hey, dad, you want to have a catch? I mean, mm-hmm. that, if, if you're a dad, that yeah. gets you every single time. There's nothing like playing catch with your kids out in the backyard or out in the street or whatever. So that, that's my favorite dad movie moment. Man, I can totally see that because I'm starting to get those um, spurts of adrenaline with my son. So I have a two and a half year old son and a 13 year old daughter. So I'm not sure if you know that. So, and I'm just starting, my daughter plays sports too, but let's be honest, there's something about playing with your boy. You know what I mean? So I'm starting to get those moments and um, I talk about it to every day and I specifically talk about it to my friends or maybe even we've done it on the podcast for my friends um, whose sons play football. I just can't even – oh, that was a big topic last week, actually, with Bradley because he has the twins, and we were, um, we were kind of uh, talking about their football journey. And So, I, I don't know. I just can, like, sit and kind of daydream and just go in my place where my son's just rushing off that edge, defensive end, and just <laughs> mashes someone or something. So, I, I totally can, can relate to that as he gets older. Yeah, man, when, when, when I was young, I would be the kid sitting out in the driveway with my, 
my bat, with my ball, with my glove, waiting for my dad to get home so he could play catch with me. And God love my dad, no matter how long a day he had. He was a high school basketball coach, so he'd come home late after practice sometimes. He would always make time to play catch with me and my brother or shoot baskets with us in the driveway. And so I've, I've tried to do that to my kids. But here's the thing. My oldest kid could care, could not care less about sports. Zero. He nothing. So he's, he's, my, he's the one I was, you know, trying to look forward to doing all that. So he checks out. My middle son, same way. He kind of liked it, but he wasn't really good. So he didn't really <laughs> participate much. So my youngest son, I got a 14. And my favorite times with him was when he and I go to the gym just to shoot around. And I just, all mm-hmm. I do is rebound. And just that, that, that time I spend with him just driving to the gym and shooting around with him and coming back, that's, that's definitely my favorite time spent with him right now. Yeah, I, I get it, man, especially if, you know, having the opportunity to watch some of your kids grow up and just knowing how fast it goes and how those moments are, are really what you remember, not the, the crazy stress of running around, which I know you have, too, with, you know, a dedicated morning radio show, your, all your other endeavors in between. So I know it gets to be a lot. So you're right. Making, those, making that time is important. And I think, too, you probably agree, Ryan, that, like, no matter how much you do that as a dad, you still feel like you're, like, underachieving. You're, you're right. And... Uh, Tom Kenny, the, the news anchor of Channel 36, he's the one that actually told me this one time. We both had kids, our first kids, at about the exact same time. And he said, he goes, you know, all they really want is your time. And I, I've always tried to remember that. And he's right. It, it, whether it's just sitting down and playing a video game with them or going to a, a UK game or something, all, all your kids want from you as a parent most of the time is just your time. Just spend some time with them. And uh, I, 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 I took me a while to finally figure that out. Yeah. And I think sharing their interests too, is something that, um, you know, you have to do. So that may be a good question. So, you know, you mentioned a couple of your kids that aren't as interested in sports. What other hobbies do they have? And I'm sure you've like attempted to kind of integrate into those. Well, Drew, that's, that's actually a, a great question because my, my oldest son that I mentioned earlier, Gavin, who's now 23 years old, he played baseball and football and basketball when he was a kid, but he hated it. Uh, he actually stuck with football until he was an eighth grader. Uh, we played with Jedrick Wills, of all things. They were both on the defensive line together. Uh, and he liked football, and he was pretty good. But then once he got to high school, he's like, you know, I'm done. And I'm like, come on, man. You're pretty good, and it's Lafayette High School. They're, you know, you have some success here. They're not, not interested. So what I realized is if I wanted to have a relationship with my son, if I wanted to still remain close to him, I was going to have to get out of my sports closet and open the door and be open to the things that he's interested in. And he's, he's a, he's a self-proclaimed nerd. He likes like star Wars stuff. He goes to Comic-Con. He'll dress up when he goes to Comic-Con. Uh, he's anime that this, that that's his thing. Mm-hmm. So I, I really appreciate what he did for me because he, I think made me a better person and a better dad by opening the doors to the things that he's interested in and experience more about life and not just sports and UK basketball all the time. So, uh, and, and his relationship with me got better, got stronger. Uh, I even dressed up and went to uh, one of those Comic-Con things with him one time and had a blast. Actually, I loved it. It was so much fun. So I, and he, his relationship with me is as, is as good as it's ever been today. Were you like a specific character or was it just kind of like a, a generic Comic-Con thing? <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, it was this place out in Oldham County or Shelby County, Taylor County. Uh, it's uh, it was like a European throwback uh-huh. thing. Gosh, I can't think of the name of it now. Uh, it's going to hit me in a minute what it's called. But 
Renaissance fair. It was a Renaissance uh, fair. But what were you dressed as, though? Like, how were you dressed? I was dressed as a a knight. Oh, like okay. I had I had the full thing. I had a big sword, and I had the knight helmet, and I had, uh, of course, it was plastic. It wasn't metal. I had the the whole costume, head to toe. He was in costume. His girlfriend was in costume. And I'm telling you, man, it was so much fun. I had a blast that day out there. Yeah, I've always kind of tried to take a similar approach with a friend. Some of my best friends are just so randomly how they would match my personality as far as just knowing nothing about sports. Um, but I've always enjoyed that. Like, I want a, you know, a resource in the ear to lean on for things that, you know, I would have no exposure to or, or whatever. So good, man. I'm glad uh, that's a good story there. I wanted to talk also, we got to talk about this. So uh, Ryan and I have actually talked about this uh, once or twice at Rep Arena about linking up on something together because both of us are really passionate about um, like a, I don't really even like calling it, a, a, it's not a charity, more like an organization um, that supports children. So the name of the organization is CASA. So it's Court Appointed Special Advocates, which, um, you know, always, I'm sure you do too, Ryan. I always try to have my elevator speech prepared to kind of describe what CASA is. The best way that I can always put it is just that um, think of someone as, as being a voice for, you know, a, a child that's potentially in a vulnerable situation or needs help. Um, it's just an extra voice for them in the courtroom or within the system, I guess, to um, speak up for their best interest and more give an accurate depiction of what things are like at home for that specific child. So as you can imagine, I mean, that's critically important. And um, something that I've learned through actually serving on the board um, of CASA here in Louisville is that Kentucky is the number one state for child abuse in the country. So however they measure that statistic, it doesn't really matter. Um, I, know, I know we strive to be number one in the Commonwealth, but not for something like that. So I know it's uh, simple enough why I decided um, to get involved. I think it's a great organization, but I know you too, Ryan, have been pretty um, active and involved with the Lexington chapter and have some uh, personal connection to the organization as well. Yeah, and you did, you did a great job describing it because that, that's what it is. It basically gives these kids a voice in court or whatever. And it, it, these kids know, Hey, somebody's got my back. You know, a lot of times these kids grow up with no support system, no mom, no dad living in foster homes, but yet this Casa is, has their back every time, no matter what live and die. And they are so important. Uh, you know, these unsung heroes we talk about in life, the Casa people are uh, just completely unsung heroes. And the reason we're so involved with them We've adopted, all three of our boys are adopted. And when we adopted our youngest son, Josiah, he was three years old. Of course, he had a CASA representative. And the judge was getting ready to give Josiah back to his birth father. And the CASA representative stepped in and spoke on Josiah's behalf and convinced the judge that that was not a good idea and you need to give him to the lemons. So I, I've always said we would not have Josiah, our son, if it wasn't for our CASA representative and I, I don't know what happened to her god bless her i love her to death but she she was a uk student she was doing her master's she moved away and i have no idea what happened to her but she gave me my son and gave me my family that i have today and anytime casa calls and asks me to do anything whether it's mc their big fundraiser we have every deer the bourbon in the bayou mm -hmm. or even like tomorrow man i'm going out to a, a golf scramble tomorrow for nine for a couple hours 
just because it benefits Casa. Nice. They don't even have to ask me. They just ring. They call my phone. Ryan, can you do this? Yep. I don't even know what it is, but I'm going to do it for you. Yeah. That, and you have told me that too. And I know that's amazing. And just what that one person can do. And, and part of the, you know, I guess our approach and, and yours, especially around with the exposure that you get through Kentucky Sports Radio, just kind of bringing awareness. You know, as you can imagine, these volunteers are typically um, retirees. Oftentimes they're women, they're elderly women that, um, you know, see a passion for the cause and have the time. So, um, you know, if you're listening to this, maybe you, you know you're a different mold than that and you can get involved in some way. And I have a similar story just where uh, I, I won't even get into the details, but it wasn't a CASA volunteer, but it doesn't really matter what they're called. It was someone essentially that, that spoke up and did the same thing for my daughter and allowed me to bring her up here to Kentucky from Florida, which, um, you know, great content for the dad podcast. As you can imagine how hard that is to do for dad, um, uh, you know, leaving birth mom was very difficult. So always important um, just, just for accuracy. I know um, last thing then we can wrap up um one of the volunteers that i've spoken to previously that kind of helped me really see what was going on was that uh how the parent was just describing the home life in the courtroom and then when, when the casa volunteer stood up so you know he doesn't do his homework he shares a bed he doesn't have his own room etc cetera, etc cetera. and that, that just really hit me like it's a you know if a kid can't speak up for themselves damn you know they need somebody in there. So you can go to Casa, um, CasaRiverRegion.org, just how it sounds, CasaRiverRegion.org and learn more. And then I'm going to drop some stuff on the Dad Podcast links. But Ryan and I will keep you up to date um, on, a, on any ways that you can get involved. And I think maybe we'll even try to throw out some some stuff together and raise a little money for Casa. Anything right. you want to do, man, I'm, I'm on board with you on that for sure because it's a great, great organization. And God bless you for being on the board there in Louisville because they need, they need all the help they can get. Hey, well, I stepped off the board because there were some heavy hitters on here, Ryan. I mean, there's like some top dogs at LG&E, uh, Cozair Hospital. So I was definitely kind of like starstruck of being these board meetings. So I've since, <laughs> I've since, uh, I did two years and now I'm actually on the development committee and it worked out really well because just this week we had a meeting and, and um, took a little bit of a transition here. I'll say before COVID, it was, I had a media basketball game or kind of like a little field day event. Um, it was catching wings, Ryan. I'm just saying it was catching wings. So maybe we can get that back off the ground and get, um, you know, a lot of these guys out here and, and have some fun well that's an awesome idea and all the guys you've had on here on the on the dad pod i'm sure they're gonna be jumping you know bj tj i'm sure would like to do it and bradley these guys that would love to come and play in something benefit like that yeah bradley's a ringer though i played i've played with bradley he's a ringer so we'll have to get him in like a with us i don't know maybe you can be on his team ryan so we can even things out a little bit yes. um yeah. and then uh, but yeah man i'd love to see you and like kyle tucker banging in the paint and just uh, fighting <laughs> for rebounds so just, we're doing it man we're gonna set something up it's a lot harder than it sounds though it really is i've tr I try to get it to catch some wings though but um uh, all right let's check another question off the dad podcast list appreciate you listening everybody ryan lemon from kentucky sports radio um, we just wrapped up some stuff on Casa. We hit TV dads. Amanda made dinner. That was great. Um, all right, here, here's a here's another um, kind of easy one. And, and I, right. I'm actually interested to hear this one from you because I don't know. So in your regular, like, just let's say, like, weekly routine, would you say you drink more soda, coffee, or alcohol? Well, between those three, uh, I have completely given up soda for the last several years, so that's out. Uh, I don't drink coffee at all, so that's oh. out. So I'm down to I'm down to alcohol, and it's it's either a margarita or a beer for me, no doubt about it. I like when I'm like grilling out, have a beer in my hand, or we go to El Mariachi here, and I'll have a couple margaritas. So that that's my go-to drink for sure. Ah, that was a lot easier than I thought it would be, honestly, because I know sometimes when like uh, by the way, if you haven't just just Google Ryan Lemon and then click images. There's just like gold everywhere. I mean. <laughs> 
it, it takes very few scrolls to find um, something that'll that'll give you a chuckle there. So um, I just I, the reason I bring that up is I always kind of sometimes you know if I close my eyes and think of you, it's the it's the infamous Vegas picture holding a can of Coke. And, um, I don't know. You just maybe it's maybe it's Matt too. I know Matt always has his diet cokes and like pictures of remotes, et cetera. But I I, um, I what you did say that it was just kind of relatively recently. I guess you gave up soda. Yeah, it was probably. Before COVID, maybe a couple of years ago, I just decided, okay, man, I got to start at least trying to act like I'm trying to be healthy a little bit. But Did you lose some COVID. immediate weight? I hear people like lose immediate weight when they do that. Yeah, I, I did. But then I put on triple that during COVID. I was one of those dudes at COVID that would just see, eat Oreo cookies and watch 30 for 30s from ESPN and have a margarita and beer at, at dinner and eat dessert after dinner. I, I picked up like over 30 pounds during COVID. So I, I now I'm in the process of trying to lose it all again. Uh, it reminds me of this story. My family and I always laugh. We were at like a, one of, I think it was like a church picnic or something. You know, it's kind of like that, that community and guys walking up, he's kind of, we knew he kind of, you know, he drank a lot. He's kind of a little rough around the edges, but he looked pretty good. So he walks up, you know, everyone's like, man, you, you look really good, man. What's going on? He said, you know, I just quit drinking beer. So we're all Great, man. We're kind of congratulating him. And, and as we're kind of getting done, he said, yep, I switched straight to bourbon, straight bourbon. Now he's like, you know, I lost, I lost 15 pounds in two weeks. So it just, it always makes me laugh a little bit thinking about that story. Um, another good question. We can keep, keep checking them off here. And then a couple, um, couple people from Twitter, followers of the Kentucky Dad Pod sent in questions. These are probably good for you. So I introduced this, I want to say just two episodes ago with TJ Walker. What nicknames have you had throughout your life, if you can think of nicknames Ryan Lemon carried, good or bad? Well, when I was really young, uh, I was Rhino, for whatever reason. Right. That's what everybody called me. Well, but wait, Rhino, nickname... before, before you go, though, I got to think. So I know you're a baseball player, so I know you're a good baseball player. You don't have to be modest. on the... If there's one place not to be modest, it's the Dad Podcast. Um, <laughs> but I feel like you're kind of in that Ryan Sandberg, Rhino era for baseball. Am I off on that? No, you're right, because he's – I think he broke into the league in, like, in 82. I think that was right, when I was, like, a sophomore in high school playing high school ball. So, so yeah, I got the Rhino nickname all through high school for sure. But the name that changed the game for me when I got to college, my first night at Kentucky Wesleyan, first night in the dorm. Oh, wow. Classman baseball players went to wake up all of us freshmen and said, we're never going to remember your name. we got to give you a nickname. And so since my last name is Lemon, they started calling me Chet, Chet Lemon, who was a center fielder for like the Detroit Tigers and the Chicago White Sox. So I was Chet forever. And I mean, I would still get mail from Kentucky Wesleyan 10 years later addressed to Chet Lemon. <laughs> I think most people at that school have no idea what my real name is. They don't because I was Chet from that moment on forever until way into my adult life before finally. So when, when somebody like – calls me or texts me uh, and they start out with hey chet okay i know this is one of my westland boys or somebody <laughs> from westland yeah i think i guess maybe i've heard that and then i know there's there's definitely some uh some twitter accounts out there too because i know i get uh, a lot of interaction from chet lemons on twitter so i'm sure you've you've mentioned that and yeah man you were a good baseball player too going to that i know you um you played baseball and uh, was it stolen bases wasn't that your thing i'm trying to thank you you were elite at something right yeah that that was my thing i was i was going to murray state and uh, my my high school teammate and best friend, we were both going to Murray State to play baseball. And I'm not kidding you. Like in June, before we went report in August, the baseball coach called my parents and said, hey, I'm going to give all my scholarship money to infielders and pitchers 
So since Ryan's an outfielder and we want him to walk on and register this first year and then earn a scholarship the next year. So, I mean, that came out of nowhere here. I thought I was going to be a division one baseball player at Murray state. Now I don't even have, you know, I don't have a scholarship. So my high school coach used to play with the, the coach at Kentucky Wesleyan called him and I got hooked up there and dude, it was one of the best decisions of my life. I mean, I got to play, uh, we went to the NCAA tournament my junior year, which in Division Two, only 16 teams make mm-hmm. the NCAA baseball tournament. So we were one of the top 16 in the country that year, won the conference that year. So we, we you know, I got to play on some really good teams. And, uh, you know, that was the one thing I could do. I could run, I, I could lead off. And if I could get on base, I was going to steal second. And most of the time I could steal third. And then I'm just scoring a ground ball. So that, that, that was one of the best times of my life, just – playing college baseball and, and having some success. I, I, I couldn't hit very well. I think I averaged like maybe my career average was a little under 300 and I didn't have a very good arm, but by God, I could run if I could ever get on base. <laughs> Ricky Henderson lemon. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> All right. John Hayes on Twitter. Appreciate John Hayes. Um, um, writing in, he asked, could you ask Ryan about his great association with um, Douglas football and thank him for um, everything he does to help steer, realtor term, those kids that are extended family to UK. So he wanted just to know about a little bit about your relationship with um, with Douglas football program. <laughs> well, my my middle son is the same age with all these kids that are now coming out. Like him and him and Dekel mm-hmm. uh, are great friends. Still to this day, are great friends. Uh, he was a good friend with Jagger Burton, uh, and and Michael and Dane grew up together. I mean, we've been hanging out with Dane's parents since Dane was like, I think maybe six, five or six years old. So Michael and Dane have grown up together. Uh, and that kind of, you know, with, with Ty Bryant, he's been over here at our house uh, swimming with Dane. So I think it's just, you know, just because my son grew up with them, we got to know them as well and got to know their families. But the, but the ones that, that are really close to us are Dane and Dekel, obviously. Dekel, he lived with us for a couple months uh, during COVID even. So, uh, we, 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 it's not like we always have a bunch of Douglas football players over here swimming in the pool or something, but, uh, yeah, I, I didn't get to know Jagger really, really well until his senior year. Then he, then he was coming over here with Dane swimming and got to know him a little bit. But the thing about all these kids though, all these Douglas kids, man, they are great people. I mean, they may be great football players. They're better people. I mean, they are great young men and they are great representatives not just of Douglas, but for the city of Lexington and University of Kentucky. Now with Dekel and Jagger both there, so uh, I'm I'm proud of what the Douglas football program has done, promoting these kids and getting them on path to earn a Scott college scholarship and possibly play on Sunday someday. Yeah, you can tell the culture of that that program is really good and it's carried over, and Kentucky's reaping a lot of the benefits. And I tell you what, Ryan, too, uh, Mr. Levis throwing for almost a uh, four hundo on on Saturday is not hurting things, that's for sure. No. And that's what, uh, you know, a lot of recruits were looking for. You know, they said, you know, you can talk the talk, but you got to walk the walk. So Kentucky's been saying, you know, all spring and summer, we're going to air it out. We're going to throw it. We got a quarterback. We got a new offense. We got a new offensive coordinator. Just wait till you see. And I think they opened everybody's eyes on Saturday. Yeah, man, this is a, this is a new era of Kentucky football. And, and we got the right coordinator and the right quarterback to lead us there. Heck yeah, man. I know. I'm actually, I'm super excited. I'm covering the game on Saturday. So I'll be there and, Always great to go to Kroger Field anytime Kentucky's playing football. I mean, you only get so many chances a year in your lifetime to do that. So I'm always pumped. But after Saturday and just now knowing, Ryan, like even even if, you know, the deep balls aren't connecting, they're going to be thrown. So it, it's going to be – there's just a different level, I think. Um, and you're just going to the game with different expectations. Um, so I'm really excited. I think Kentucky's going to play well, beat Missouri, 
and then things are really going to um, get rolling for him. But let's ask one more. We had also um, Jack Watson wrote in. He wanted to um, ask you, Ryan, if you've been con- contacted by the WWE. So obviously making reference to your um, quickly growing wrestling career. <laughs> Uh, well, no, not been contacted, uh, and I'm glad I have not been contacted because uh, I, I keep getting in fights with my good friend. First, I got into a fight with Michael Bennett. Then I got into a fight with Richie Farmer, and then Richie's buddy Buck Stivers, who I'm friends with, he's giving me the double-barrel salute uh, that night when I was fighting with Richie. So, yeah, I, I, I don't want to keep fighting all my friends. And I'll, I'll tell you this, after about 30 seconds of fighting with Richie, I was done. I mean, I was gasping for air and wondering, okay, I got to get out of here. I'm about to pass out. I was so tired. So I'm not near in the shape needed to be. But I'll say this, though, Drew, it's been a lot of fun, man. I mean, I've I've really enjoyed it going there and doing this uh, this managerial thing. So I, I've had a blast. So no dads. We shouldn't be getting in scuffles anyway. Uh, organized wrestling is a little different. But we all have some rage moments, you know, where a dad scuffle could go down. And here's my advice, Ryan, and all that, because you, you just put it down. You see what it's like to get in a scuffle these days, like how boxers can box for 10, 12 rounds and just keep their heart rate the way that it is. You're just so emotional. So, like, people that I don't think realize that a 30-second, like, legit scuffle is like climbing Mount Everest. No doubt about it. I mean, I, I'm in bad shape, but I thought, goodness, surely I can last long. That 30 seconds was, was it. You're right. It is amazing how – these UFC fighters and these boxers. And, I mean, that's why the rounds are so short because they just can't go any more than that. They get exhausted, physically exhausted. Yeah, and they're so trained. So much of it is mental, you know, because like I said, if, you know, somebody yeah. somebody bumps you in the car line at school and you want to throw down or whatever, you're going to be – your emotions are going to be super high. So they have to train themselves to just, oh, he punched me in my face. He's ripping my ear off, like, calm, calm, <laughs> calm. So, yeah, I don't know how they do it. I, I think about that, too, uh, like, all the time about – uh. UFC and things that that takes a special athlete to do that. All right, man. What else can we check off? Okay. So one of the last questions we ask on the dad podcast, Ryan, and again, you're, you're one of the more, um, you know, in a way, you know, you live, you live your life on radio from 10 to 12 each day to, you know, a lot of your personal um, life, you know, is a storyline and you guys talk about it a lot. So you're open. So you talk about crying. You're one of the, uh, the dads that is kind of open about that anyway. But one question we do ask is um, when's the last time you had the last good cry? Wow. The last good cry. Well, I, I, man, if I start talking about it, I'll start crying right now. I mean, just thinking about it, I got choked up a little bit. Uh, you know, we, we, we said a prayer Monday night before we gr- ate the burgers that I grilled and I, and I teared up and started crying just cause it was just me and my wife and my youngest son. So I, I do get, you know, very emotional when talking about my family and my boys and my wife and things. And I, I don't know, maybe it's, uh, I, I think it's honestly because, you know, most of my early adult life, it was obvious I wasn't going to be able to father a child on my own. You know, God just didn't make me that way. And so by God putting these three boys in my life, it's the best, the best thing he ever did for me was not let, not let me have my own kid. You know, that's the best blessing he ever gave me because it gave me these three boys and gave me my family. So it doesn't take much to get me teared up and talking about it. Like when we were, uh, had the big, fundraiser for casa when i was setting that jail for six or seven days mm-hmm. every time we start talking about casa and i tell the story i just told you earlier about josiah man i would break down and start crying so it's 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 easy for me to cry anymore and i don't and i don't care i mean you only live once who wh- why do we have to be ashamed to, to cry or to tear up especially in public you know everybody cries everybody laughs so why yeah, we there be should be, there should be like it? a much more acceptable ratio to crying to laughing like 
I, I'm, I can maybe get down with it not being 50-50, but like a 75-25, 70-30 split should, should be far more acceptable than it is. Yeah, there's no doubt. But I'll, I'm, I'm going to try to say this. I don't know if I'm going to break down or not, but I'm going to try to say it. My last good cry was Father's Day. Uh, and that's because my middle son right now is in jail. He did some really bad things, and he deserves to be in jail. There's no doubt about it. And he called me on Father's Day, and, man, I just lost it. I just had a hard time that day. Yeah, I can't, I can't imagine. I know you've been going through some hard things, and I, I wasn't sure it's was going to come up. And feel free to share as much or as little about it as you want. But uh, just know, you know, I know you have so many people in your corner, and, and you've went through so many examples too, Ryan, of where um, something at the end of the day ended up being, you know, far different from when it started. So I know, I know I'll be yeah. thinking about you guys, man, and, and we'll have to stay in touch with you on the Dad Podcast. Always, always got a therapy here, man. Well, and that's why... You know, we, I think we, we do talk about it, and I, I do talk about it because there's, there's people out there, you know, just like me, going through the same thing. They've got a son who's made some mistakes and ended, has ended up in jail. I mean, I, you know, it happened to me, man. It happened to anybody. So it, it is good, I think, that we, do, we are able and strong enough for everybody to talk about it and hit it head on and not be afraid if, if it breaks your heart and you do cry. That's why I feel about it. I, th I think you're spot on. I mean, people need relatable. I think I was kind of preparing something that I'll, I'll post after the podcast is ready. And that was one word that kept coming to mind when I think about you is just relatability. So like you said, I think, you, you know, this, this story, if nothing else, has, has shown people that, um, you know, you've went through all the reasons why you're such an awesome dad, man, and things just happen. And it's not necessarily a, a bad reflection on how someone was brought up or anything. Bad things just happen. I, I have several examples of people I'm close with with things that have happened. Um, and they kind of get probably judged and looked at as a bad parent and, and knowing them personally, you know, you know, things aren't the case. So I think you're right. You know, opening up and speaking up about these things that are happening far more often. And you just never know what someone else is going through, I guess. And it's nice to kind of hear and be able to just to air, air out the stuff that's going on. It always makes you feel better. Yeah. And just, just one more thing before you can wrap it up. When I did talk about it on KSR about my son being in jail because he mm -hmm. did some bad things. I had these other dads reach out to me and say, Hey man, you know, I went through the same thing. You know, my son was in jail for X amount of years, but every one of them, every one of them drew told me, whatever you do, don't give up on him. You know, don't turn your back on him. I said, if you do that, he may, he may, you know, never come out of there the same way, but if he knows he still has your support, you know, there's always a chance that he's going to come out and, and be able to live a productive life and learn from his lessons. So it was amazing. Every, every dad that reached out to me that said they'd been in the same situation, they all said the same thing about, you know, let him know you got his back and you're, you're not going anywhere and you're, you're still there for him. That's what, that's what they need to know. Man, that's powerful too. Yeah. And you, you couldn't get that advice from anyone else too. And that, that's kind of yeah. opened up my eyes, you know, too, for what that's going to do, do for him while he's going through that. And, you know, you're still his dad. So man, right. it, that's definitely deep stuff. And I know we had an occurrence tonight with my 13 year old daughter who, who, man, who, you know, you have, if you haven't listened, Ryan, her door has been off the hinges for several months. She just got it back on. We knew it would never go on quite the same. So it's on crooked, but she has her door on at least. <laughs> um, but she, you know, tonight we were kind of on the way out and without getting into the details, just, you know, made a near very, you know, poor decision. And, you know, we were kind of screaming and yelling. I'm learning that. I guess what I'm getting at is like, as my kids get older, things are transitioning from my son biting me or whatever. It's a lot to deal with, man. You just got to kind of just lean on anybody who will let you lean. Amen, dude. I, I, I've been there. I know I took the doorknobs off 
my son's doors a couple times. <laughs> uh, uh, you got to do what you got to do as a parent. I, 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 I've said this before. I feel like, you know, our purpose in life is to be a good Christian, but our legacy in life is to be a good parent because that's, that's your legacy is what your kids do. And so when they do mess up, I mean, like I get so mad, so embarrassed, but you, you got to still stay with them. You can't give up on them. And I, so many parents, I think in today's society do kid gets in trouble or makes them a mistake. Parents just give up on them, man. You can't do that. Yeah. I've been great advice. Great advice. Like I said, cause she's, she's had me at the end of my rope a few times. And again, there's great kid. Like I think about that all the time too. I'm sure every, everyone thinks they have great kids, you know, but when, when you really do, you know, know you have a good apple and you're still going through some of the yeah. hardest things ever. And, and it always too seems to kind of come back to just um, at least with this generation, you know, with the, the differences with the access they have, the information through technology and how they communicate. Yeah. And so that's, um, that's changed the game. And I think it's, it's forced us parents to try to stay on our toes as much as we can, but all you can do is do your best. And I'm, I know like I'm learning. If you haven't seen though, check out my Twitter at big blue drew 33. You got to look at it, Ryan, if you haven't seen it. So I said, since my daughter was, you know, just loving her phone every day, 25 hours a day, I decided to get her that new, new, and I got her the sweetest flip phone you have ever seen. This thing is like, I mean, it is humongous. It's got to be 10 inches long, I think, when you flip it open. And if you, I honestly didn't think, I thought she would play it cool when I whipped it out for her, but she really was. She was just mortified. And um, she still cannot figure out how to send a text on it. Not even home from bus with no spaces, nothing. So um, it was very cool even touching that phone myself. It took me back, but I'm trying anything that I can, man. Dude, that's a savage move right there. That is savage, and I love it. Good for you, man. Good yep. for you. Yep, yep. I said, she, you know, she has her phone downstairs. She can. I showed her how to pop the SIM in and out, gave her that lesson. So we'll see if she does it or if she just, um, you know, probably – tricks me somehow and is online in another way <laughs> if we're being honest but um all right man well i won't i won't take up too much more of your time i know it's midweek hump day it's getting to be a little bit late here but you know how we do it on the dad podcast we can wrap up with dad joke um i got a couple so i'll start off with one um ryan do you know what what state has the smallest drinks what state has the smallest drinks who what is it minnesota uh, of course, Minnesota. All right. All right, I started with my worst one first, though. So, so just just prepare yourself. Did you got a dad joke? I got I got two of them for you. Okay. Where does the general keep his army? Where? Wait a minute. I mean, I said it wrong. <laughs> uh, Where does the general keep his armies? Where? Up his sleeveys. <laughs> Oh, yeah, wow. I, didn't, I didn't say I didn't say it right the first time. <laughs> All right, I'll do another one. Um, if, App, if so, if Apple decides to make a car, what will it be missing? If Windows, Apple? like the company, Ryan. If Apple made a car, it would be missing I got it. Windows. I got it. All right, the best jokes always need an explanation. So cool, I'm killing it tonight. <laughs> killing it. <laughs> All right, what's your uh, next one? Okay, this is this is the last one. This is one our. Our caller Harold called this one in the show one time. Harold's oh, our okay. old old friend that lives out there in Marshall County. And I gotta make sure I say it. I don't want to mess it up again like I did the other one. He said, uh, uh, why do basketball players always carry a towel? Why? Because they're always dribbling. <laughs> uh, I guess since that's like a, a once removed, maybe original. Uh, the, with the better delivery, that one's not too bad, actually. 
All right. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll wrap, much better than I did. <laughs> I'll wrap it up with probably the worst one of all. All right. All right. Let's see. So my wife and I have been having some problems. So she gave me an ultimatum. It was me or my addiction to sweets. The decision was a piece of cake. Boom. All right. Hopefully, hopefully you got I, that I didn't one even giggle. Was, didn't even uh, giggle on that one. That was so bad. I thought you were going to say you didn't get it. And I was going to explain it again. I was like, oh, golly. So that's, <laughs> that's, that's at least a little bit better oh, than not. It takes me a while sometimes. Well, Ryan, man, you're awesome. Didn't disappoint. I knew it would be a um, great conversation with you. And I, I know you're, you're busy like all of our other guests and dads. So thanks, man. Thanks for all you do for CASA. And I, I know I speak for a lot of people. And I wanted to talk about this a little more. We'll have to do it next time. But truthfully mean this, like, I, I know you, Matt, the Kentucky Sports Radio crew, Jack's a good friend of mine and stuff. Like, just you, your guys, um, you guys carry so much weight in the state, man. I think as you go, in a lot of ways, Kentucky fans go – and that's a, that's a big responsibility as, as I've gotten to do a lot of this media stuff. Like it really does amaze me the, um, you know, the kind of the empire that you guys have built and um, that specific part of it that I think it is a great responsibility, you know, cause you have so many people that, um, that tune in each morning and stuff. So, and I know that you give them lots of laughs. So that's what I was kind of getting at. So on behalf of all of um, the people that enjoy listening to you every morning, Brian, I appreciate you coming on. Well, th- thank you for saying that. I, I appreciate it, especially coming from one of our, our peers in the media we're just four guys sitting around talking most of the time and just like you would with you with your own friends. So it's very humbling when you hear something like that. And I hope we get to continue it for another, I've been doing it like for 11 years. I hope I get to do it for another 11 years, to be honest. Well, an- another time I wanted to hit and kind of a, a quick tie into that was, yeah, you, you live your life like you're 14, Ryan. So I think you can do it. And uh, I wanted just to talk a, a little bit more about that, how hard it is on your body, et cetera. But next time, man, you'll have to promise us that um, we've had a few repeat guests. So, what we'll do is maybe um, when we circle around the basketball season a little bit, we'll, we'll have you back on. I'd love to, really. I've, I've enjoyed it, and I'll be glad to do it. Anytime, man, just give me a buzz. I'll be glad to come back on. All right, well, appreciate it. Thanks again for everybody for listening. You can check us out, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever. Just search AC of Blue. So uh, appreciate following the Dad Podcast. Thanks, Ryan. We'll talk to everyone next week.